Hour number two, away we go. It's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. Connor, I think I said good morning. Did I ask you how Thursday night went? How was uh, how was your evening? A lot of softball, right? Gearing up for a little baseball today. How was it? Yeah, it was all softball. My fiance was back, so you know she's all softball. Played college softball, so yes, that's what was going on in the apartment until what, uh, until, until the weather until the weather delay started. Then we kind of gave up. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. There was not a lot of softball last night. There was a little bit of softball at the end of the night, but uh, a, a lot of softball yesterday afternoon. What is what's the fiance like watching uh, softball? Does she get does she get fired up? I mean, are there teams that she likes and dislikes? What, what, what is she like? Yeah, I mean, obviously she's gonna like Baylor. Her sister plays for Baylor. She does like OU. And trust me, dude, she listens to the ref during this time when softball is rolling right around the corner into postseason play. She loves it. Does she get, uh, does she get like, bent out of shape one way or the other? Does she have strong rooting interest for, for somebody besides Baylor in this thing? Uh, not really. She's just rooting for just so many good games in the Women's College World Series. That's what's. Yeah, that's what she, mainly she's rooting for. Well, she and I are a little bit different because I'd like to see Oklahoma win by forty-five runs too. in these yeah. next <laughs> next couple of games. I'll take but, run, I'll take all run rules in this tournament. But two to nothing's uh, two to nothing's fine too. Oklahoma yesterday, tough win over Stanford. the The big storyline for most was Nigel Kennedy and Oklahoma being able to just crack the code late, just do enough. And it was Torres getting things started. And then go figure, stop me if you've heard this before, Riley Boone has uh, morphed into a superhero in clutch moments for this team. She delivers again, and it uh, all set the table there for Jada Coleman to deliver the big two-strike, two-out hit that, uh, with an error, wound up plating a pair of runs. That was all Oklahoma needed because Jordy Ball was terrific in the circle said this a little bit earlier and i see a true sooner hanging on just just one more second here with uh, connor and i and we'll get you in jordy ball does she get overshadowed yesterday connor because she shouldn't we we need to keep in mind jordy ball for you know really all intents and purposes that's her first women's college world series appearance because of the injury last year the the you know arm injury she was dealing with and she was incredible. She was nails, 11 strikeouts, multiple situations with runners in scoring position, and she found a way to navigate out of it for Oklahoma. And I think there's just, because of how good Jordy Ball has been, because of how good Nicole May has been, because of how good Storaco has been, because of how good Oklahoma is as a softball program and the fact that they've won back-to-back national championships, it's almost as if, like, Ah, yeah, but you expect that from Jordy Ball. <laughs> and you sh- I'm not saying you shouldn't expect it from Jordy Ball. I'm just saying let's collectively celebrate that from Jordy Ball the way that uh, probably many are celebrating what Kennedy did for Stanford. That was amazing what Jordy Ball was able to get accomplished yesterday. Yeah, I think everyone was just focusing on Kennedy, which doesn't make any sense because Jordy Ball was really getting the job done for OU, once again, it was pretty similar to what she did against Clemson in that game three. There would be runners on first and second. She's able to get out of some jams. She was uh, really clutch, and Stanford just didn't really have a chance. She did a great job of getting ahead in the count, and Stanford just 
had trouble really just putting the ball in play. Well, we are hanging out this morning at Riverwind Casino, and there's no better time than now, the present, to uh, hear from you, the folks out there, on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. You can dial us up as well, 405 329 9,000. True Sooner wants to chime in this morning. True, good morning. How are you? Man, I, I, I'm good. I, I, I think that the uh, the lineup that Canada was doing it against is what's impressive. No you no know, doubt, and and, and, and and that's right. And, it's uh, for anybody to have Oklahoma at any juncture and for a prolonged period of time on that stage – frustrated right. is notable well, and it was an amazing performance so I, i'm with you I, I got it and she and you know she was Canada was odyssey 2.0 i mean i watched that from a, I, I was at the game yesterday i watched it that ball was belt high five feet in front of the ou batters and by the time it got to the catcher's mitt half the time it was up around the eyes so i mean it was it was unbelievable, and she throws hard, man. She's imposing. That that pitcher is is imposing looking too. I mean, that ball looked like a baseball in her hand. You know, she's very imposing and very strong, throwing seventy two miles religiously all day long. I mean, it was, you know, it was it was it was pretty impressive. Hey, I was I was gonna say one thing. I, I did have a complaint yesterday, and I know it's probably gonna fall on deaf ears if anybody's listening, but. Bringing these rally towels out and, and going over to the, the family section and, like, having, like, a thousand of them in your arms and, and, and little kids walking up to you and asking for them and you telling them, no, this is just for the family section, and then walking off the field with an armful of these dumb rally towels that the family doesn't – they don't wave anyway. They just sit on them. I, I think they need to think about what they're – because there was little kids crying over there that didn't get a rally towel. Bring it up. Bring, give to the – 12 and under, whatever, but it was it was quite frustrating. I think OU needs to kind of relook at that. I know it's not a big deal to a lot of people, but to an 8-year-old kid, 6-year-old kid, it's a big deal. Well, and if you get one of the rally towels, it's the coolest thing ever when you're a 7-, yeah. 8-year-old kid. Look yeah. look what I got. Uh, same yeah. thing, uh, you know, foul, foul balls, uh, give it to the kid. Uh, that's yeah. baseball, softball, you name it. I mean, don't be that person. <laughs> Just share it. Uh, okay, if it's a legendary home run ball, okay, well, maybe there's a little bit of a different yeah, discussion. I, I, I got you yeah. on that one. But otherwise, uh, I would agree with you. I, and I don't know enough about no. what the situation you're talking about. But, yeah, that's that's frustrating. Either either give them to them before they walk in the stadium or something. But don't don't walk over there with the, with the sections all around you. And look and, and, and start handing out and then tell the little kids this is just for family members. I mean, come on. And then walk off and then walk off the field with an armful of rally towels. Give me a break. Yeah, if you've See got you more than one, you've got too many. <laughs> Thanks, Drew. Have a have a nice morning. The the matchup now going forward, Oklahoma versus Tennessee has some incredible storylines attached to it. You look at this softball field coming in this women's college world series field and uh, we we discussed it connor oklahoma had beaten everybody in it not named tennessee or alabama so now you've got your chance at tennessee to uh, to add them to the list of teams you've defeated this season that are taking part in this women's college world series and it feels like coming in there was oklahoma and everybody else but then that that top tier if you, you mix Oklahoma with a couple of other teams, it was Oklahoma, 
Tennessee, Florida State, Oklahoma State. Those four, right, that everybody felt really, really good about. And so now uh, now Oklahoma gets their chance at one of those uh, one of those other three tomorrow in the winner's bracket. So it's a, it's a massive game. All of a sudden you take care of business there. I think you go Jordy Ball in the circle. That's just me. I know Plank said earlier he feels like it will be Nicole May. I just don't know how you could go away from Jordy Ball after how good she was yesterday. I know. Yeah, I feel like you got to go her again. I mean, I understand throwing Nicole May either way. I think you're fine because they're two really solid pitchers. But if yeah, it feels me. I agree with you. I would go Jordy Ball again, just based off what we saw yesterday. She was really great, and I think she can uh, do good against Tennessee as well. Donahue and Zeta Pooney, that that storyline, of course, will get drummed up. Uh, you know, I don't know that Oklahoma is going to be entirely motivated by any of uh, you made the wrong decision. And with with Pooney, I think probably most everybody on Oklahoma would understand that opportunity driven, and it's been a good opportunity for for Zeta Pooney, Donahue maybe. Uh, Maybe there's some hard feelings at times there. But to me, for Oklahoma's sake, and this is not anybody from Oklahoma has told me this. This is just sort of me speculating here. I don't know that Oklahoma is going to be super motivated by the fact that a couple of former Sooners are key contributors for Tennessee. And, hey, we got you. Uh, We got you back for transferring out and going somewhere else. Uh, you know, look at what you're missing out on. I think this is just, hey, another chance, another step on the ladder for Oklahoma to try and go track down a third straight national championship, Connor. Yeah, I don't think they're going to pay any attention to that. Former players, I think this is going to be a really good matchup. I think you're going to see some offense going on. Tennessee's offense throughout the lineup has been just really good to end the regular season heading into the postseason. I, well, I, would, I wouldn't mind be... that. I wouldn't mind that going back and forth, trading runs. It's going to be a big-time challenge. It'll be a, a big-time challenge for Oklahoma, and it's one that, that they're ready for, ready for on uh, this this stage in the Women's College World Series. How do you feel about Alabama-Stanford? I'm leaning Stanford in this game. I think just whiplash reaction to what we saw yesterday, you know, quick turn, hey, this is what we saw, and – what I've seen is that I don't know that Alabama's going to be able to hit Kennedy <laughs> if they throw her again, and yet probably like I've said a couple of times this morning, I, I, I do think I do think it's a lot to do because of who Jordy Ball is, but also you come away and you say, okay, is Alabama a little bit better, more suited, a little bit more capable of delivering the big hit? I'd probably say yes over Stanford based on uh, what we know coming in and what we saw yesterday, Connor, but I'm still, even with that, leaning Stanford just because of Kennedy. Yeah, I just I just don't know where to go with Alabama-Stanford. I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game, maybe like 2-1, to because, dude, Stanford's offense just isn't very great, I don't think. And I don't think they're going to be able to touch whoever's on the mound for Alabama, so I think it's a low-scoring game. I guess I'll lean to Alabama, and like you just said, come up with a, it'll come up with a big hit later on in the game. Someone asked on the Knippenmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439, with what we saw yesterday in the circle against us, would you rather have Alabama with Fouts or a rematch with Stanford? Uh, well, 
I'd rather have Alabama with fouts. I would you? too. Yes, I yes. I think that's in OU's favor if they do throw fouts. Who is banged up for Alabama going up against the Sooners? And and I don't even know if we'd get that. But just playing the hypothetical game, yes, uh, that that would be. That'd be the scenario I'd I'd rather see. Yeah, the problem so, the problems that Candy gave OU, I I don't know if you want to see that again. I know Stanford offense didn't really hit or hit Jordy that well, but still. One thing I will say about Oklahoma and these types of situations where especially in the women's college world series and we saw it a little bit with Odyssey Alexander too. Round two, it was amazing what Kennedy did in round one. Could she muster that up one more time or two more times? It's hard to do that again, Oklahoma. Josh. It's, it's hard to do that again. And did Oklahoma, Connor, start to figure something out late in that game versus Kennedy? So, you know, when you're picking between the two, I think I'm still – saying it's uh, a better situation if it's Alabama and Fouts for Oklahoma. But I'm also feeling like <laughs> for OU, if they get another chance at Kennedy, they, they might go, you know, plate seven or eight runs. Someone asked, uh, what's going on with Grace's bat? Seems to be struggling. She I, she has a little bit uh, been struggling uh, in the lineup for OU. I think she's two for 18 in her last 20 at-bats in the postseason. I hope she really – Figures it out because obviously we know the glove that she has at shortstop. But man, it'd be a big boost if Grace Lyons can get the bat going in this women's college world series. Absolutely, it would be a nice little lift for them. You can't take her out of the lineup because she's she's just amazing yeah. over there, uh, middle infield for you. So and she made again the the types of plays that uh, other shortstops they just don't make yesterday again so the the bat i don't know that i'm worried about it it obviously would be uh nice to see her come out of that slump i think she's fully capable of that happening at uh, you know the snap of a finger i think it could happen at any particular moment in time but defensively what you've got with grace you just can't trade it well and that that's what she was coming in OU a defensive shortstop then she got better with her hitting i'm not worried about it whatsoever just based off you have so many weapons in the lineup. So you can live with Grace maybe having a little bit of struggle coming up with a big hit every every then. But, I mean, she's there for her glove that she has at shortstop. Well, and given a big spot late in this tournament, because there's been a little bit of a slump going on, don't you still feel like Grace can come through? Aren't you still confident that, that – it's doable for her. Yeah, I think so. Sorry, I was looking at this text. I almost said, wouldn't two of 18 be, I have your last 18 at bats. Sorry, yeah. We're struggling, yes. we're struggling with math over here. Yes, that that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, technically there could be there could be more at, at bats. Uh, just, it could be more plate appearances mixed in, I guess, right? But uh, Yeah, but you get the point. Two, two, yeah, two of 18, though. Yeah, the bottom line is uh, not 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 swinging the bat <laughs> no. well right now, or at least not not getting base knocks. So we're we're all aware of it. But put in a situation where you need a big hit, 
I still think you, you feel uh, okay that she will or be capable of delivering. So, Patty Gasso, what did uh, Coach say yesterday? What impressed Coach? And then we heard from Jada Coleman, Jordy Ball. We haven't really shared any of the uh, audio with you yet this morning. Let's do that when we come back. Plus, uh, we want to talk a little baseball this morning as well and anything you want to dive into. It's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby cruising along here on a victorious Friday. Sooners 2 to nothing over Stanford in the opening game of the Women's College, College World Series. Beats and bites. We're telling you all about it from route out here at Riverwind. Taking a T.O., it's the Plank Show. Back with you after this. Allison Insurance brings us our number two right here of the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. What about the GOAT? What did Patty Gasso have to say yesterday after Oklahoma took care of business? Hard fought when they had to go uh, earn it, which that's not unusual. Maybe, uh, and look, I, I'm probably as guilty as anybody of, of this, just the, the belief that you have in Oklahoma against anybody and you know, 33 shutout wins now on this season combined with what this offense can do against anybody at any given point in time. Long-winded way of saying I'm probably at times a little bit guilty of just expecting Oklahoma to, you know, what Coach Gasso at the end of the Super Regional talked about, which is there's this enormous amount of pressure put on this team and these crazy expectations. And, you know, frankly, probably at times I'm a little bit guilty of just expecting Oklahoma to go out there and win a game 7-1 to one, like I predicted yesterday. Connor, I know you had 5-1 to one for Oklahoma, which was uh, at least a little more modest, <laughs> but it wasn't that easy. It wasn't that easy. Kennedy uh, made sure of that. But here was Coach Gasso, the opening thoughts after the victory of this team um, we knew what we were running into in the way of Nyjah and she has become one of the hardest throwing uh, ball moving freshmen I've ever seen so I feel like we got a really tough tough matchup their pitching staff is really good Um, they're very disciplined they Stanford just is very well coached and I feel that I felt that watching them, very disciplined, very quick. They, they do a lot of things really well. You may have seen us look like we were really struggling. And at times we were just really trying to figure this out. And um, a lot of foul balls, a lot of foul balls. But we made her throw over 60 pitches in up to like the third inning. And the goal was to just keep fighting and get her to keep throwing, maybe tire her out. It's hot out there. I mean, there's strategies that we've had so many different strategies to go up with and try to make something happen. And thankfully, Jordy was absolutely on her game. She was just a boss today. It was really fun to watch that, especially, you know, not getting the opportunity she wanted last year and just making the most of it from day one. And just Jada and and Boone and um, these guys just really starting to put a few things together was really, really important. But that was a probably one of the most stressful, struggling first games we've had that I can remember. Well, it, it was one of one of the more uh, difficult games that Oklahoma's had. And sure enough, though, they, they find a way to get it. Somebody asked us uh, who will be home team and bat last 
uh, from the 303. This is uh, Sooner Susie for Oklahoma, Tennessee on Saturday. Uh, I forget how the process is determined. Uh, I don't know that it's all by seeding at times throughout the entirety of the bracket. Maybe it is. But uh, I can tell you I've texted Plank, and Oklahoma will be the, the home team versus Tennessee on Saturday. So that's that's good ne- good news for OU. Well, I'm not sure because the setup, I mean, the top game, Alabama, Tennessee, and second game was OU-Stanford. So OU would be the bottom team, Tennessee the top team. I'm not sure if they go off of that or the higher seed. I feel like they change it up all the time. Yeah, and I, I just, I don't know. I, I This is maybe a hot take, and perhaps others would disagree. This is something I'd like to see in both baseball and softball. If you're the regional host, you should you should never have to be the visiting team. You're the home team. You're playing at home. Every single part of the bracket, you should be the home team if you've earned the right to be the regional host or the super regional host. And, and at the Women's College World Series, uh, definitely if you're in the winner's bracket and you're the higher seed, you should be the home team. I mean, to me, that's that's pretty straightforward and simple. You go into the loser's bracket, okay, then, then maybe we can have a conversation there. But... Let's uh, let's hit the phone lines up. We got Sean on the phone lines, I believe, Connor. Right? Yep, we got Sean here. All right, let's welcome in. Let's welcome in Sean. Sean, hello. How are you? Well, good morning, and uh, congrats to the uh, Helmer family on a uh, big commitment earlier this week. And, <laughs> yes, uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, I agree with you on what you just said last time. I have never understood, especially in the supers this flip-flop in game two makes no sense you're the home team it's what you played for i do believe the world series is based on seeding uh till you get to the title game then they'll do that flip-flop thing again but uh a couple of things real quick one i love my coach uh i was a little more stressed two years ago when we lost that was a pretty stressful uh first game (laughs) indeed i think that's a fair (laughs) argument you're making yes but uh, yeah, and, and and I agree with it. The the, sp- the the pressure, the expectations that they've created, uh, of course, and they've lived up to. That's what gets you a new stadium. So uh, it is a lot of pressure and expectations, but they have they have thrived under it. Um, I would much rather. I don't know how it breaks. This is what they change up a lot. So if we win, when we win tomorrow. Who then do we play? Do they cross brackets, or do you stay in the same bracket? Because sometimes they cross brackets, so we wouldn't play uh, the Cardinal, who I think is going to beat Alabama. We won't play that game. I don't know how. So here's here's how the bracket works. The loser of this Oklahoma-Tennessee game would flip to the opposite into the bracket. So Florida State and – well, the winner of Washington and Utah this afternoon. Yeah. Whoever loses that game, they would flip to Oklahoma's side of the bracket. So, however the rest of it works out from there, that's, yeah, that's that's knew, the way that it plays I knew, out. I knew there was a flip. So, if it came down to it, though, I would face Stanford again given my instead of Alabama. Well, I would rather play Alabama because I think, CD, I think a questionable hosting and a more questionable national seed in hosting is the only reason they're here. Um, that game would have been played in Evanston. I know. I think. I think Northwestern's here, but uh, I would rather play. If we had came down to it, I'd play Stanford again because they were hitting her hard. They had adjusted near the end of the game, and 
let's be honest. Uh, one of the best pitchers in the country is Maxwell. And OU has broken her so bad, they don't even like to throw her against OU anymore. So I would take – the more OU sees somebody, the better they get. So, um, But I was going to ask you a couple of quick, quick thing. I agree with True Sooner really because of this. All I'm told when uh, any entity at OU wants a dollar out of me is that we're family. So if we're all family, we should all get the swag. I agree with him 100%. They should have been tossing that stuff to everybody. Everybody and, gets a swag bag, baby. That's right, man. We're all family. There's nothing just for family. If you're a Sooner, we are all family, I thought. And did you notice yesterday, I honestly think there was more TV coverage of the Stanford fan section than the game. There was some. The, there was a lot of hey. On. There was a lot of hey. Look at uh, this incredible, incredible start for Kennedy, and look at these fans are living it up, baby. They've got Oklahoma on the brink, but this is not new, Sean. We see this yeah, I know, every I know. every year, and and it is what it is, right? I mean, you are Oklahoma. You're the two-time champion. You're the program that's been the standard bearer. You're Alabama in this sport. And so the storyline's always going to be it's not it's typically not going to be oh my goodness look what Oklahoma's done it's right. it's hey can, can somebody they beat? Uh, yeah can they beat Oklahoma Right Well having said all that I, I going into tomorrow had Alabama been able to cash in early in their game yesterday they would have applied a lot more pressure to Tennessee had they been able to close out that second inning when they were out of the inning, you know, and then Tennessee got a couple of runs. So I like, I mean, not just because it's OU, I like our shot tomorrow as well. I mean, well, I, I, I am not, I don't think Bama's great offensively and they tacked up five runs. So if you're any sort like of, shot. any sort of historian on this thing at all, or you're into the, the record side of it, Sean, technically mm. one of the things that we've been talking about, uh, Connor and I, is Oklahoma, you take care of business versus Tennessee and all of a sudden Alabama comes through that losers bracket, you got a chance to beat everybody in this women's college world right. series this season, which would be which kind is, of amazing. Which would be really cool. And I leave you with this. I don't care if she's O for thirty, my captain is not going to get sat in the championship series, in the World Series. Uh that's just not gonna happen, nor should it really even be uh, I think a, a, a measure of uh, con- conversation. There is no way, anyway, that you're going to sit Grace Lyons in any form, fashion, or uh, anything. It's too good. And if, if she's two for 18, which she is, it's in uh, tournament play. Uh, that's just something you deal with. But uh, there's a lot of intangibles that goes in without young ladies. So, anyway, I appreciate the time, guys. Thanks a lot. Sean, thank you so much. We appreciate the the call, as always. We're doing a break right here. It's the Plank Show. Uh, Somebody chimed in, said there was no cross-bracketing this year. It's just two bracket winners play each other. Uh, I'm looking at the release here from June 2nd of uh, this 2023 from NCAA.com, and uh, the bracket that uh, I'm seeing right here, there is... Definitely cross bracketing. So I feel like we Oklahoma, had this. We literally had the same conversation last year going to the women's college world well, series. It's because Connor, the the powers that be at the NCAA, there's been a lot of discussion about removing 
the cross-bracketing portion of this uh, Women's College World Series, and yet it, it had happened. Uh, we would keep doing the cross-bracketing, which, you know, I don't know that I have a strong leaning one way or that. It's, it's kind of fun yeah. in a way. It, you know, one thing it does is for Oklahoma-Tennessee, either team wins or loses, you get a chance to meet back up in the National Championship Series. Yeah, and you, you see different – you see different matchups too if you lose or move on and win a game. But yeah, I just want to. I just hate not knowing if this is like a for sure thing. Are we cross bracketing or are we we all staying in the same top half of the bracket? We're doing a break. Let's hear from Jada Coleman. Let's hear from Jordy. Let's hear from the Sooners. And let's hear from you right here uh, on the ref. It's the home of Sooner fans. Two to nothing. Still talking Oklahoma, topping Stanford all day long. Plus. OU East Carolina, the uh, Charlottesville Regional today gets underway. Six o'clock, that one for the uh, Sooner Baseball Squad and Skip Johnson. Taking a timeout, it's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Oh, yeah. This is a good little Friday jam right here. We're back. It's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. Good little summer jam right here. Uh, Taylor made, might I say, for the... 2023 Beats and Bites Festival presented by Coop Aleworks. Uh, obviously, they're, they're not a, a part of it, but uh, it has kind of that sort of vibe to it. Gin Blossoms, they'll be out here June 10th. Gin Blossoms and Tonic. So that's uh, sneaking up on us next weekend. And then uh, you've got Earth, Wind, and Fire, Collective Soul, Josh Turner, Gabriel Iglesias, Dwight Yoakam, Counting Crows, Ario Speedwagon, Chicago, Foreigner, a bunch of acts coming out here uh, all summer and fall long for the Beats and Bites Festival here at Riverwind Casino. You can check out the events and uh, purchase your tickets online, Riverwind Casino. That's uh, riverwind.com for Riverwind Casino and the Beats and Bites Festival. Josh Elmer with Connor Pasby, Jada Coleman, and Oklahoma. They, they just they won't say die they won't say no they won't be denied and jada coleman was asked to start the post-game press conference yesterday hey what did he because she had she and tra had those incredible back-to-back at bats to start things off where coleman just kept fighting off pitches and fighting off pitches and sure enough she winds up uh, slapping a, a two-strike pitch i believe on the 11th or 12th pitch of that at bat out into centerfield to get things started tra uh, strikes out in the second at bat, but it was those two at bats in a day where Kennedy was a tough puzzle to solve. Those kind of laid the foundation, maybe, for Oklahoma eventually, uh, eventually tiring Kennedy down a little bit. And Jada Coleman talked about, hey, the the approach early. Yeah, I think those really long at bats. Even though we weren't scoring, I think our team was still very motivated. We knew that we were having good at bats and that we were seeing the balls. Um, we like to celebrate the little things. So watching people go to a 13-pitch at-bat and end up just poking it through, like that is stuff that we like to get excited about. And it ends up coming um, good for us later in the game. So I'm just glad we kept fighting and just keep grinding. So that was a theme yesterday in the, uh, well, Patty Gasso in her interview, uh, I believe during the game, and, and then uh, – Afterwards, the the comments there, little victories, Connor, that this team was was taking pride in yesterday. Yeah, I mean that's what you got to do early on in the game. See a lot of pitches, especially when you're seeing someone this elite, like you saw from Kennedy for Stanford. I know Tiari Jennings struck out in her second at bat, but 
to do do that twice back to back to see ten plus pitches early on in the game in the first inning. It's those little things that you know really mean a lot, and they play a big difference early on in the game. Well, and it tells Kennedy, even though she was magnificent, Connor. It tells her, okay, I'm in for a war today as she well. Just, on the- she kept throwing those high pitches, and Jada just kept fouling it off, kept fouling it off, and Kane just kept going right back to it, the same pitch. That was a singularly sensational A.B. That was so impressive from Jada Coleman. And uh, and then, sure enough, Kennedy, I think in round two, got the better of uh, Coleman with a strikeout. But guess who winds up being the hero? It was Jada Coleman. She, she shared a little bit more on what they took versus Kennedy, Connor, in those early at-bats. Yeah, I think she really just wa- she wanted to throw 75, which I think she was throwing 75 miles an hour. But um, she was really um, starting ahead. She was getting strikes. But I think we realized that we – needed to take those pitches up in the zone. And for some reason, we felt like we needed to swing at them. But um, we got a little bit more discipline as the innings went on and just kind of letting those go and just really um, focusing on the strikes that were lower in the zone. I thought this was cool, too. It's uh, not lost on Sooner Nation. Everybody knows that Riley Boone, you could probably respell that last name, Clutch, because in every big moment, it seems like lately, it's uh, Riley Boone delivering for the Sooners. And Jada Coleman had this to say about one Riley Boone. Every time Boone gets on, I know we're going to start rolling. Every time she jumps up and she's like this, I'm out. Here we go. Like it's, She is a party starter. Um, I don't think people talk about her enough. I don't think she gets um, enough recognition. She's one of the hardest working people that I know. She's a great teammate. She is literally always in the dugout, yelling in our ears, always got her back. But, um, yeah, when she starts the inning off, I know we're going to start rolling. She knows how to flip that. You like that, Connor, a <laughs> uh, party starter? That, well, that's exactly what Boone is. I mean, every time you need a big hit in a big situation, your nine hole is up to bat and Boone delivers. She's Dude, she is the perfect definition of a nine-hole to hand off the baton to Jada Coleman for another big hit. She's been doing this every single game. Yeah, those two with their speed and athleticism and uh, ability to deliver in big spots, it's a nice little, hey, turn the lineup over. Yeah. And, and as we talked about earlier this morning, and we'll continue to talk about, I'm sure, a lot with Riley Boone, she'd be a leadoff in a magnificent leadoff for anybody else in America, but champion championship players and championship teams folks accept roles that maybe elsewhere they'd have a larger role or a different role and Boone has a big time role with this team but egos sometimes can come into play and you want to be the leadoff hitter or this or that she hasn't once Connor made it any bit about that has accepted the role and been a champion in the role and once again is a hero yesterday for Oklahoma, just one final cut here from Jada Coleman. What uh, what did yesterday show us about this offense? Here we'll get that here in a little bit, Josh. We're still working on downloading that. Okay, <laughs> we got, I, we got I, a lot I, of well, clips here. We got a lot of clips. I know I put a lot on your plate. <laughs> My sincere apologies. Do we have uh, Benny hanging on the phone lines? We do not. Benny left us. Okay, I'm sorry, Benny. If uh, <laughs> if you want to chime in, you can just call back. I, I know. Uh, Maybe a little long-winded here. But, but you're you're right about Boone, Josh. I mean, there'll be so many players or, yeah, some players that would be upset about that, being in the nine hole when you come up with uh, just constant big hits. You want to move up in the order. But 
Boone knows her role. She doesn't complain about being the nine hole, and she knows exactly what she needs to do uh, to provide to this Oklahoma offense. How about Nigel Kennedy's from Topeka, Kansas, and winds up at Stanford, which, hey, Stanford, great program, obviously academically terrific school. I'm looking at Nigel Kennedy's bio right now, and unless something's changed, that major is undeclared, which, hey, I'm here to tell you, Nigel, that's no big deal. You'll figure it out eventually. I'm just saying, man, if you're Kansas or you're Kansas State, I know that, you know, KU, not, not a great program necessarily, but your Wichita State maybe is on the rise here lately. Uh, how do you how do you let Kennedy get out of state? I know I don't I don't know how that recruiting process really worked for Kennedy to end up at Stanford. I did obviously we didn't hear much about her coming out of high school. We have so many texts in this Knippenmeyer Chevrolet text line that said, "Hey, why didn't Patty recruit Kennedy coming out of Topeka, Kansas?" Yeah, well, as soon as that name, if that name ever enters the transfer portal, I can guarantee oh, yeah. you. That, that there might be some recruiting from the University of Oklahoma. Again, that's not on any, on any kind of authority other than uh, she's pretty good, and we all saw that yesterday. I feel like that would be a nice addition to have what's already a pretty loaded pitching staff that you have at OU. And, Kennedy, don't listen to anybody that would, uh, you know, say anything. If you can't, can't beat them, join them. It's okay. We, we'd love to have uh, you join Oklahoma. You, you're more than welcome. Jesse G. More than welcome. Jesse G. sent a text. It has a graphic of Kennedy throwing and says, "I got 99 pitches, but two earned run or two unearned runs." <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and thank you. We we also really very appreciative of the two unearned runs as well. She was uh, marvelous for the most part, though. Two-time Kansas softball Gatorade Player of the Year. Winds up Oof. at Stanford, and, man, uh, looks like she's just going to get better and better and better. We'll do a break. We're right up against the end of hour number two. It's the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Having a good time with you. Feeling good. little 2 nothing victory yesterday, so the Sooners off to the uh, winner's bracket in OKC. We can run down the schedule ahead. It's uh, Washington, Utah that got moved from last night to noon today and then uh, we'll run down the rest of it for you as well it's the plank show on the wrap is this breaking is this breaking dejon terry defensive line transfer to oklahoma yes i was about to get to you about that i think it was i probably say 15 20 minutes ago he doesn't say uh he says in his release everybody's running with this that he's announced that he's transferring to ou he oh, says did he put did he put a graphic out yeah, he says, my family and I have decided it would be best for me to enter the transfer portal. I want to thank my teammates for each and every day. And he goes on to thank Coach Heupel. And and then he has the, the picture of Oklahoma. I don't see anywhere where he says that he's committed or transferring for sure to OU. Hey, can somebody else corroborate that? Yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to dive in. Maybe we'll get one from I the see, text line here. Man, I mean, I see, I don't know. Let's see here, 24-7 sports. Have they uh, officially uh, – Colin Kennedy's reporting that, yes, he is transferring. But, uh, again, Okay, I, well, he put uh, – I mean, he's got hashtag Boomer sooner than added coach – yeah, Todd Bates. But, I mean, nothing in that, like, paragraph he put out – That's what I'm men- saying. – mentions Oklahoma. 
we got to get to the bottom of this. Is he actually transferring here or not? Is he just visiting or what, what's going on? Yeah, here? but you're right. Everyone's running with it. All three says, yeah. I know. There's like five stories. He's transferred to Oklahoma. It's like, well, <laughs> wait a second. Is he? Yeah, that's he a, is. Well, if this is true, that's a that's a big get. It, it uh, yeah, it, it would be a nice little little get. Six foot four, three hundred twenty-one. Big pound. body, defensive lineman. Big body. Thirty-five tackles, six tackles for loss, three sacks in twenty-five games over the past two years with the the Vols. And uh, was slated to be a fifth-year senior with Tennessee this coming season, but uh, at least people are, are running with it that Oklahoma's got a defensive line transfer in Dejon Terry. Yeah, I'll take it. Sooner Soldier says uh, OU Insiders reporting it, so that would be uh, that would be our man Connor, uh, our <laughs> man Connor, our man Parker. Maybe maybe you in the future. Maybe no, you'll be yeah, over at no, OU Insider. No, no. But he entered the okay, he entered the transfer portal six days ago. But yeah, today so, put, okay. put something out. So if if Parker and Brandon and OU Insiders reporting it, and uh, a bunch of others are reporting it, that, that probably means yes, that uh, Dejon Terry is coming to Oklahoma. So what do you make? I mean, that's a, a nice little get out of the transfer portal. Gives you some depth up in the defensive line that you desperately needed. I mean, he's got some size too. Not not underweight whatsoever. Six four, three hundred plus. Joins an interior group for Oklahoma that uh, has some other other transfers. We can run down that next. Let's just uh, let's take note of that and let's think about it. Plus, uh, we've got more Jada Coleman, Jordy Ball. We haven't shared any of that with you yet this morning. And Tennessee gearing up for Oklahoma. Their coach before OU'd even played offered comments on on the Sooners yesterday. That's it for hour two. Hour three is next. It's the Plank Show back with you after this. <laughs> 